Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome. (laughs) I am excited to share the upcoming episode with you because in business, I'm going to tell you what has been the most helpful thing for me to grow myself and my business and my ideas and my brain and my heart. Friends. Friends, connections who became friends over the years who have other online businesses and then some brick and mortar businesses as well. Holy moly game changer. When you know other people and when you open yourself up to actually having like authentic, real connection with people and learn about them and listen and let them see you too, magic happens. And what I've been lucky enough to experience in the online world or really on Zoom, you know what I mean? Like, and and offline we meet in real life, all the things. What I've been lucky enough to experience is, is getting to know people having the magic of connection and then learning so much from them because everyone is so smart. I think it is incredible, like how much people know from their different experiences or what they've learned and what they're willing to share. If you're willing to listen. And when you really do start to get to know them, things just come up and they're open and generous and kind and smart. And today's guest is my friend, Diane, and she's so fucking smart. I have learned so much through our conversations and this conversation that I'm about to share is no different. It's really, really interesting. She has an amazing brain, beautiful heart, obs, beautiful face, you know, all that stuff. But really like the, the mind stuff that happens here is so good. So if you are thinking about team, if you're from corporate into the coaching world, if you have traveled, like it doesn't even matter you, or maybe you have nothing in common with anything we're speaking about here, but there's still connection to be made. Anyway, I'm so excited. I'm gonna stop talking about it and let's, we'll get to it. But first, let me share Diane's bio with you. Diane is a business strategist who helps entrepreneurs build low maintenance teams and high performing businesses. With over a decade of experience in the finance world corporate, Diane knows exactly how to take small business from decision fatigue and information overwhelm to confidently confidently taking the right action in the right way with the right people for their business. As the Coffee and Converse podcast host, she shares success strategies for life-first entrepreneurs each week. 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 In her spare time, this spreadsheet-crazy, puzzle-loving systems nerd is passionate about travel, live events, coffee, and Converse, though not always in that order. Let's get into it. Love it. (laughs) Diane, thank you for being here. (laughs) My pleasure. I'm excited to chat as always. So excited. We start the podcast and by we, I mean, I, me and myself and I love to start the podcast with the same questions every time. And so we're going to do it. You have full range, take this wherever you want, as short, as long. Well, you know, within, anyway, you get it. I'm a talker. (laughs) Yeah. And I love it. Uh, Who are you and how did you get here? Oh, that is a deep question. Could be. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if we have enough time. I know. <laughs> you can so, take it whatever level you want. Give cool. us a to be continued. Whatever you need. I mean, so from a business perspective, I'm a business strategist, and I help people build low maintenance teams and high performing businesses. Uh, as a person, I'm coffee, puzzles, dogs, travel obsessed (laughs) and they all kind of come from the same place I think I had a really I almost said rote life and maybe that's like a really good way to explain it you know where you had that life where you were like do this tick this box get Mm -hmm. praise tick this box and and I kind of just kept doing that until one day I looked up and went wow I'm really unhappy Mm. 
and was like, oh, okay. And I can, I sat down, I can, I can picture the bar that I was in, in Hong Kong. I was, it was a champagne bar because, you know, when you're an expat (laughs) and Hong Kong has 15% tax, so everyone can afford champagne. And we were sitting there and I was literally that girl crying into a glass of champagne. I mean, Mm -hmm. how embarrassing is that? But that was the case where I just said to her, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she was like, okay, well, let's make a plan. And we had plans A through F. A through E were different ways that I could resurrect my career because I couldn't decide if I just hated my job or if I was completely burnt out. I'd been at the same company for 13 years, which means you haven't had longer than two weeks break in 13 years in a really high stress banking environment. Anyway, plan A through E fell through. (laughs) Plan F was essentially effort and go traveling. And (laughs) coincidentally, that's the one that we chose. And so I left this corporate environment and I went traveling and I traveled like it was my job. I was like, when I told people what the first six months of me traveling looked like, like how many states, cities mm-hmm. and things I did, they were like, whoa. And I think it's clear, to, it's fair to say that it probably wasn't the job. I was probably burnt out. And the second I stopped for a minute, I went, oh, there's like actual work that has to happen here and so I traveled for about 18 months doing the quote-unquote find yourself right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You eat so embarrassing much. like I'm just like cringing through this whole story Why? Right? With, with my crying into champagne and I think this is cool I'm here for it like and then when I finally went okay I'm ready to think about what do I want to do next I knew I didn't want to go back into corporate like, as you can imagine, going through plan A through E, I had a real lot of bitterness built up around it. I Like, I felt a real way about corporate. And so I decided to go, like, the life coaching route. And I was going to save everyone from corporate. Because in corporate, there is, like, zero self-development. Like, all training, everything mm-hmm. is geared to how do you do your job better. And me having experienced somebody just asking me some deeper questions I was like whoa all these people in corporate have no idea like how cute was I anyway I quickly discovered that most people in corporate are very happy in corporate Mm. they're enjoying their job they enjoy getting a salary they're into the stability of it and asking them to change that is such a huge shift that it takes I want to say more persuasion and patience than I felt I had and honestly I just didn't feel qualified enough in that life coaching space there were a couple of sessions with clients where I went whoa I could actually do a lot of damage here and for me being good at the thing that I do was very important and so I was like okay no we need to move away and as part of my travels, I was sitting with a friend and she was telling me about her business and I whipped out a cocktail napkin because we were at a bar and redrew her business for her. And she looked at me and she went, why don't you do that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I could use some of those skills that I've built up over this like incredibly long corporate career, which the online space desperately needs more and more as fewer and fewer people go corporate to entrepreneurship. Most people are just jumping straight into entrepreneurship now. And so that kind of got me here. So I live in London. I was still traveling a lot pre-pandemic. Post-pandemic, I'm like still not that excited about getting on a plane. Mm-hmm. Turned into a bit of a germaphobe. But yeah, that's the really long answer to who am I and how did I get you? I love it. That's like, like I was watching a movie as you were explaining that (laughs) or like reading your book, which I'm sure, well, I'm not sure of anything. Is there a book version? Does that come? I don't know. I've never thought about putting it into, into a book version. I'm Uh, like, I I think it's funny that you're like, this is so embarrassing. I'm like, this is great. I want to keep going. Like show me the inside (laughs) of the bar. Like, yeah. I mean, it just like, just to my ears, it sounds so 
kind of cliche right Mm -hmm. like poor little blonde girl crying into her glass of champagne about her high-paying corporate job right Mm -hmm. but honestly like that breakdown it's funny how vivid that moment is for me and I knew that I would check it out so I knew as soon as plan E failed Mm -hmm. I booked my trip to go and see the polar bears in Hudson Bay in Canada lifelong dream it's very expensive mm-hmm. you book a year in advance wow it like sells out and there are no refunds <laughs> and because of how far it was from Hong Kong where I was living at the time I knew I wouldn't be able to do it I wouldn't have enough leave mm-hmm. to do the trip mm-hmm. and so I knew that then when I started to chicken out and wanted to jump back into that comfort zone of like oh I'll just stay for one more year we'll just see mm-hmm. what happens the money, the the adventure, all of that would be more like more of a draw than my right. comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had to you, work around what I knew was going to happen. <laughs> right, right. So when you booked that and it's a year out, did you have to, or did you decide to like continue working up until that point and that was the beginning or did you fill your time and leave right away? Oh no. So I, that was the October that I booked for the following, okay. I think November. Mm-hmm. And I stayed through April because bonuses are paid in March. Got it. So I stayed for my bonus and I did two more bucket list trips mm-hmm. before I gave notice because awesome. obviously yep. they will cancel, right? You know me, there was a spreadsheet, you can imagine. <laughs> it was color-coded, there's a lot of detail in it. But I came back from the second trip, walked into work at eight and at 8.05 I'd resigned. Mm, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So you now kind of fast forwarding to like where you are and what you're doing, what you're working on and how you're supporting people. I, a, I think it's really, really interesting how you said like one of the ahas that you had is that, oh, most people in corporate are happy. Like they're or satisfied yeah. with like what they're doing. That, that was such like a moment for me of like, oh yeah, like not everyone is like us. And I think it's so easy to be like, well, I had this experience. So everyone's having that experience. Like no, like some people are quite good doing something that's not good for you. Like, so I just appreciate and, and that. We forget that there are people have different things going on in their lives. Right. I'm single with no children. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I can afford to take risks that people who have got three kids in private school, right. You know, in a foreign country, 100% cannot afford to take. Right. 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 Yep. And there are some people who want to work at that massive corporate level, because let me tell you, like it is a rush when you are seeing those numbers, mm-hmm. like when there's a crisis at those levels and you're dealing with foreign governments and regulatory authorities and everything, like the adrenaline pumps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And for the people, even like the people who are on the sales front of that, like that's just huge like commission numbers that are rolling around obviously they don't get to keep all the commission Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong it's not like an online space (laughs) but but there is a buzz there is a size differential Mm -hmm. that happens in corporate Mm -hmm. that triggers for some people what entrepreneurship triggers for us right right you know that gets them they might not be exactly thrilled with maybe the culture or their boss or their boss's boss or whatever but what the, they love what they're actually doing. Right. I think that's interesting. The desire for both like the excitement and the rush, but also wanting like peace and stability at the same time. And like finding a way for those two things to coexist or to like get your hit, but in a healthy way. We're like, <laughs> you're not just constantly on the up and down. And I think entrepreneurship can be very much the roller coaster. And sometimes we call that like feast or famine. And like, I think there are many pieces of us internally that like, crave that because it is like something else and it it feeds something it's like an addiction really um and then there's yeah, the simple I mean, side of like I want safety a hundred percent I mean I have discovered since leaving corporate ridiculously how addicted to stress hormones I am like mm. they are my drug and my body will do and my brain will do anything to get me those and it's been going on for years like mm. I had migraines when I was in college mm-hmm. And it took ages to work out that actually mine are triggered by a drop in stress. 
right? The same, like, yeah, you know, like that kind of like that sugar crash, like that drop yeah. in adrenaline has that same trigger. So of course I've gone into banking, which is high stress, mm. fast paced, run, 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 right? Until you burn out. Right. And then you're like, well, the stress is nice, but I'm going to need to manage that in some way. Right. Yeah. And so you do, you do just get addicted to it, but you're addicted to something that's in a very controlled safe environment right so your salary is coming Mm -hmm. your bonus is up for play Mm -hmm. right so there's the piece of like oh I could make more money Mm -hmm. there's that like little twinkle at you of excitement but my salary is set at this and the chance of them running out of money to pay me that salary is very low Mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship it's lots of that excitement like (laughs) I could make loads and loads and loads and loads of money but your salary is not coming in right and for me when people say to me like what do you miss about corporate you know what I miss I miss my salary yeah (laughs) I miss somebody else putting money into my bank account every single month Mm -hmm. I will never not miss that Mm -hmm. even if you're paying your own salary it's just it's not the same Mm -hmm. as knowing that somebody else is going to sleep at night going how do I pay someone's salary right Right. And that it's not you. Yeah. That is a comfort that is. And I'm talking in a big corporate, not like a small. Yeah, no, I think that's just a comfort level that. Right. I think about big corporations. It's like hard to leave. Right. It's that's a hard comfort zone to jump out of. I imagine I like I think about them and like having so many investments and knowing that like even if sales tank, like it doesn't matter because all your money's in investments and like you're good for years and like all your people are fine. Like, what's that like? <laughs> right. And also like their capacity to make money mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. exponential on mm-hmm. a small business, right? Mm-hmm. They will, they can make, they can do one trade in a bank mm-hmm. and make more than all of us combined in a day. Right. If it's right. the right trade. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of lose concept because numbers you're dealing with are just so big mm-hmm. you start to like be like oh we lost 100 grand oh well I was unlucky yeah and you're like wait what could I do with 100 grand like, right it's fascinating so it's, how much would that affect things in like my small business versus what that's a tiny drop in the bucket in like another world or corporation for that matter yeah and I mean, they have entire departments whose entire right. job is to manage risk, entire job is to do right. contingency planning, an entire department to watch the numbers and advise, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's set up to support that. Mm-hmm. It's a machine. Mm-hmm. And as safe as you feel in it, the thing for me that ultimately I think got me out was like, I didn't actually feel like it mattered mm-hmm. whether I came to work the next day. Mm. like I was under no illusions that the bank was going to suffer because I me personally had chosen to resign right right I mean obviously you know I know in the U.S. you don't have to give notice the rest of the world you have to give notice so they still had 30 days of me but 30 days to get 13 years of institutional knowledge is not a lot of notice but I was under no illusions that I couldn't be replaced I think that's a really difficult place to come from every morning yeah, that's interesting because we all like want to matter and like, do we matter in this big thing? Yeah. And that was the hardest thing for me was I couldn't see the connection to any impact. Mm. Like even our clients were big clients. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't seeing like Joe blogs on the street whose life was changed because I swapped into my office block that morning. Right. right. Fascinating. A lot of those things that you just mentioned, like the risk management and contingency planning and all that stuff, like those are things that I've heard you talk about. Mm-hmm. And you're really one of the only people I've heard talk about it. Like it's not some that's not hot. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> yeah, no one wants I'm not popular like, at like, contingency like, planning like, is not like, trending. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not popular at conferences when I'm like, this is what I love to talk about. Who wants to talk about this with me? <laughs> but I would love to talk about it here for a minute and just like because you're it is that like, how do we take that safety and stability and bring it to a business where like, that's not the thing necessarily, right? Like you don't, well, I think a lot of people want it, but creating it is harder than it seems. We're sold a lot of the times, like come join this program. You'll make all these sales and then you'll have recurring revenue. And like, ta-da, you'll be set for life by your yacht. And like, no, it doesn't, 
I don't think that was really it. It's it's an interesting one for me. And I talk to a lot of people who I meet who've been in big corporate jobs, right? So when I finished corporate, I was essentially like the CFO to my trading desk, right? Like I looked at all their numbers. I was in a lot of meetings. And when you've been exposed to that level of thinking, what you realize is different is that they are looking at every decision is almost like strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Mm. Even though it's not like, okay, let's draw the four squares and let's talk about it. They are going like, can we do this? What might happen if we do it? Where's the opportunity next? What could go wrong? Right. And it kind of seeps into you. Right. So I started my career in audit which is trying to make sure that everything that's recorded in books is legitimate, right? That nobody's stealing, that nobody's committing fraud. So that's where my first lens came from. And then you go into a highly regulated environment where, you know, you can't say to someone like, hey, I just need a quick air table for this. Like if you need to do something, like it's a whole project. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that really frames how I think about business and when I'm talking to someone about their business is if you wanted to do something new, like a type of trade that had never been done. So a new offer. So you, Erin, have a new offer coming out in the near future. You don't get to just decide that you're going to do that offer, which in entrepreneur land is what we do. We decide next week I've got a new offer and then you just make it happen right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole process behind that where literally every single department has to sign off before you're allowed to do that. Mm. And every single department is going, this is what will happen in our systems and our processes in our reporting. If you book this, here's what we're worried about. And you have this discussion about it. It's not something that shied away from. It's not like in entrepreneurial we have like real high vibe positive thoughts only kind of feelings and then the next minute we're crying on Instagram because something's gone horribly wrong in our business and we can't believe someone was so mean as to steal all of our stuff or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. yes people are people but I think I just come at it from a much more big picture view when someone's talking to me I am mentally thinking what's going to happen in operations can we do this legally what's happening over here with financials like how much money are we actually making from it what are the costs associated with it and I think that's kind of if anyone thinks about like their zone of genius Mm -hmm. and how naturally that comes to them without them needing to build like a checkbox for it that's Mm -hmm. what happens for me Mm -hmm. I think I've been involved in this since I was one of like the finance people who signed off almost like a couple of years after I joined banking. So I've been involved in those kind of discussions for like a decade. Mm -hmm. And so even though the systems are completely different, the laws are completely different, the thinking about it doesn't change. Mm. And I think what happens in entrepreneur land is we're really good at one thing. And that's what really made us our money. Like we're a pro at marketing. We are a pro at sales. We are a pro at operations. We're a pro at Dubsado. And we make all of our money doing that thing. Because we, because of that, we haven't been, and because we've just been able to like go, oh, I've got a new offer and I'll just quickly do an Airtable and I'll do this and I'll plug all these things together. And we can do all of that ourselves, even when we expand to a team we're still kind of doing that. We're just getting our team to plug things in that maybe don't go together. Mm-hmm. We don't have that ability to just actually step back and be like, is this the right move? Mm-hmm. And, and to go, okay, maybe it's not quite. So what could we change? Mm-hmm. I think people are afraid to be seen as like negative Nellies and say, well, actually like this piece doesn't make sense to me. Whether that's, themselves as the CEO you know mm-hmm. we, we we hear all this like don't make a plan b burn all your bridges and I'm like oh, oh my gosh please <laughs> make plan b like you heard me I had a through f mm-hmm. please make plans but I think 
for me, that's the thing that's really easy for me to see. Mm-hmm. I'm also not that afraid of being seen as being negative. But I think what happens is in this high vibe world, we just believe in the next offer and we don't take the time to go, hang on a second. Does that make sense? Is that the mm-hmm. best thing I could be doing for my business? Mm-hmm. And then when we get a team, sometimes that team is in awe of us mm-hmm. because we are this expert in this thing that we do and they're like I'm just so excited to work with you this like entre liberty mm-hmm. you know or they are thinking like do I say something because I don't want to be seen as negative and I don't like oh what if I get fired you know and so you're not even getting that from your team so even when you do have people around you who should be going hang on a second that's like an entirely new tech system we can't do that for at least six months it's not happening mm-hmm So it's like, to me, risk and contingency planning and thinking things through are not this negativity side of things. They're actually like, this is how you do business. Mm. This is how big business stays big business Mm -hmm. because they think about these things. Mm -hmm. And if we want to be bigger businesses, Mm -hmm. if we want to scale and grow and survive pandemics, we kind of have to grow into this as much as we grow into the revenue. Mm. Mm-hmm. that piece about box. <laughs> yeah I love it I love it and that piece about team is really interesting and I think the people you surround yourself with whether it's like in masterminds and then how you're hiring and like being willing and wanting to like it's really important to have people that will slow you down like that's not necessarily a bad thing and ask hard questions and kind of make you think and it's not necessarily the fun thing when you're on that high of like hit 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 I'm going I'm going I'm going but if you're actually trying to grow sustainably like it's required yeah and one of the things I hear consistently like I network a lot I meet a lot of people and when I talk to them about what I do they'll all tell me about masterminds that they were in where everybody was having growth problems, team problems, Mm -hmm. all of these things are connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Team problem normally means you haven't actually looked at this big picture and you're Mm -hmm. expecting miracles because everybody who's in your mastermind has grown because they were really, really good at whatever they were good at versus having managed bigger teams, having had to manage remote teams, having to like manage teams that you had no direct line into. Like, Mm -hmm all of these kind of skills that you learn in corporate over time slowly in a really kind of supported if not Mm -hmm. supportive environment we don't have and Mm -hmm. so like you say your team don't want to contradict you your peers who are in the mastermind with you are maybe having the same problems as you right and I hear a lot of people like I can't put my finger on what's wrong I'm like show me I'll put my finger on what's wrong yeah, you need like the zoom right. out picture. Mm-hmm. You need the zoom out and you need the person who is not afraid to tell you, I think this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's really hard to do once someone is in that seven or eight figure space. If you're not in that space, the imposter syndrome is real. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. But my experience is really big numbers (laughs) right 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 experience is telling really volatile grown men that the trade that they thought was going to make their bonus however much it was going to make is actually going to lose the money on a regular basis fascinating how that works yep I would never have thought you know standing on a trading floor being screamed at by traders (laughs) like would be such good training in business yeah but weirdly it is because you have, you learn to be really confident in your analysis of a situation, Mm. not the people, but actually being like, let me think through this in as many different ways as possible so that there's nothing they can say to me that's a surprise Mm -hmm. that I'm not prepared for. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Just thinking through kind of like the analytical thinking that's required. And and for me, that's all contingency planning is. Mm -hmm. People Mm -hmm. think it's big and scary and it's actually not. It's actually really methodical. Mm. And it's just, it's just deciding that you're going to be prepared to do it. Deciding versus the sexy new offer. Right. Yeah. It's versus the sexy new offer or, 
you know, I don't know, jumping on the reels trend or whatever it is, right? It actually doesn't take that long to do it once you get started. It's just understanding it and making that decision that you're going to take off your rose colored glasses Mm -hmm. and allow for the fact that life lives, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And people, people. Indeed. So the juxtaposition of like contingency planning and what we're talking about and kind of doing the like unsexy or maybe just like new the new version of sexy okay contingency is the new black like (laughs) we're bringing this it's going to be trendy with that I know you also do work like with teams that like is very fun and like based Mm -hmm. in connection and getting to know people can you talk about that a little bit and like how these two things actually end up coming together because they seem or can seem like very far apart yeah so yeah let me let me like this is what you want to talk to me about when you see me at a conference this is the thing you're excited about (laughs) So I think somebody asked me the other day, I think it was actually on my podcast, we were talking, I was talking about how disconnected my route through all my offers felt. And they challenged me to find the single thread that went through everything. And the single thread that goes through everything from what I do now, right through the life coaching and everything was how unhappy I was at work Mm. and how simple it would have been to make me happy versus letting 13 years of institutional knowledge walk out the door. I had zero interest in going into entrepreneurship. Fascinating. And that went through like me trying to save people from corporate, all of this. So ultimately, I believe that if you as the CEO are happy, if the team, if you have one is happy, everything else flows. Teams, if people are happy at work, they're 20% more productive. Everyone talks about wanting a four-day week. There's your four-day week. Change nothing else, make everyone happy, right? And so for me, on the team element, I think we need to spend as much time considering our team's experience as we do our customer experience, our customer journey, right? They're so aligned. We have to attract a team. We have to onboard a team. We have to retain a team. We have to develop a team. And we have to offboard teams in a way that they become you know, raving fans for us very similarly, but we don't really think about it. We think of when we're going to hire, when we're going to bring a team on, we're thinking about how do I get all of this off of my plate? We come at teams from a very I and a me perspective, right? Versus how can I support this team? How can I help them grow? And so I do like development sessions that are super fun, including one that involves Lego, which yes, I have worked out a way to play with Lego and call it work. So I love that. I love the training. I love the development, the team building side of things, but I'm also really obsessed with how do we develop that team into what we need? So I think a lot of times in entrepreneurland, like we said, you've been really good at something and now suddenly you have a team. I'm guessing that the thing that you're really good at that you made all your money on is not running a team right? It's marketing Mm -hmm. or whatever. And now suddenly it's like, here's your team of 10, please lead them into the future, right? So now we get to think about how I'm going to pay salaries every single month. How am I going to make sure I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do with employment law? How do I make sure all my contracts are right? How do I make sure that they are delivering an amazing client experience? Oh, what does that all sound like? Oh, it sounds a lot like you should be thinking about the big picture, how everything connects together. So it's kind of that same brain for me. I just want people to zoom out on their teams a bit more at, and their business and look at how do these all connect? How do they grow together? So if you're a solopreneur and you have like maybe a, like a VA or something, you're more focused on like, how do I zoom out and really just look at my business strategy? When you are working with a team, you have to zoom out, look at your business strategy, and then zoom out and be like, how does my team fit into this? And how does what they need connect to what I am trying to get the business to do? How do we go from my values to our values? Mm -hmm. How do we go from what I think is super amazing and super interesting and super sexy and super motivating to what they're going to find super sexy? And everybody wants that low maintenance team. They want the team that just 
runs the business and does all the day-to-day stuff without needing them. And I think that takes work. It takes planning. It takes strategy. It takes thinking through things versus just hiring more people and hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. Right. We tend, we're very technical in our hiring in the, in the online world. And so I like to come in in two different ways, kind of like a partner in crime for the solopreneur, Mm -hmm. where you have somebody who can really connect with all of your business, right? So I'm not there to teach you Facebook ads, but I'm there to have a discussion with you about Facebook ads kind of thing. On the team side, if there's a team, I want you and the team to have access to me. So that's almost like more of a chief of staff kind of fractional role, almost mm-hmm. like a dotted line to the mm-hmm. CEO where I care a lot about how do we develop that next level of team for you? So how do we bring a CEO, a COO up from the team that you have? How are they going to be developed? How are they going to be trained? Like, where do you have the time to do this? Mm-hmm. At the moment, most people don't even have the time to think about it, mm-hmm. but somehow we're going to have the time to think through what that development plan looks like, coach, mentor, support, like be that person who's sitting next to them, as well as that person that you can have a conversation with, mm-hmm. without it being you trickling your stress down to your team and creating a panic. Mm-hmm. And being that person who can say to you, hey, listen, I know your team are not going to tell you this, but this is a really bad idea. Or like, hey, I guess we were in that team meeting. This was amazing. We should do more of that. Mm-hmm. this very demotivating please don't do that ever again right <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> you know it, I think it's that kind of uh, that honesty mm-hmm. that you need from someone mm-hmm. that is objective that has no skin in the game mm-hmm. I'm not connected to like it's not my promotion on the line it's not anything like that right so those are the two ways that I work with people and then that's how they connect right so with the team one I care a lot about happiness with the solopreneur I care a lot about them doing their zone of genius mm-hmm. in the way that works for them mm-hmm. so really customizing their business to what lights them up with the teams it's how do we get each individual lit up right and all of that requires that ooh, 50,000 foot view of all the moving pieces mm-hmm So yes, contingency and risk does come into it, but it's one piece of a very big puzzle. Right. That is kind of that business strategy. I think when people talk about business strategy, they're like, what are your offers? How much money are you going to make? And I'm like, no, (laughs) like that's like, (laughs) that's like a, like a pie chart segment Mm -hmm. of what we're actually thinking about when we're thinking about business strategy. Fascinating. Um, one of the things that you're talking about is making people happy. And I like wrote a note. Cause I'm like, let's talk about happiness for a second. And you just said something different that was like lit up. And that to me, I'm like, okay, so can we talk a little about like making people happy, what that means in this context? Cause obviously we can't take responsibility for the full human and their full earthly experience with our business. And I think that's something that a lot of people stress about is like, as the business owner, who's providing like the salary and a place for you to work and like the stress of like, are you okay? And I want you to be great. And I left this because these things were happening. So how do I provide something great for you? And then almost going too far of Mm -hmm. like, okay, there's no structure here because I had too much structure. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like this is, it's not like a love fest, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in structure, no matter how many people are flaunting. They're like, oh, look at my like lack of corporate structure. No, (laughs) but I think it's, it's a relationship conversation where you need to deliver certain things for your team and your team need to show up for you in a particular way right they have to be motivated to do something in order to feel happy about their job right you can provide what they need to be motivated for some people that's a challenge for some people it's relationships whatever it is but they have to actually go and do the thing Mm -hmm. right so it's kind of like if you're if you've ever been a coach, you can show up and you can hold space and you can support, but that person has to show up. If you think of your business and your team as you're like the coach of a sports team, right? It's that exact metaphor where you can do all the training drills with them, you can give them all the resources they need, all the equipment that they need, but you cannot run onto the field and play the game for them. Hmm. You can prepare them as much as possible. You can point them in the right direction. And then you have to let go and let them do it, 
right? And I think what you're talking about where people are trying to like over deliver and ping pong tables and, and pizza things and work whenever you like and take as much leave as you like. And let me just keep throwing benefits at people and then wondering why like people are still not happy is because you haven't actually looked at the elements of happiness. And one of the keys is really allowing people to at least once a day do something that really lights them up. When I say you want to make your team happy, I don't mean they're like happy 24-7. Like we all have to do things we don't want to do, right? Mm -hmm. But it's that ability to find a little bit of joy in their job every single day, preferably a lot of joy sometimes. Mm -hmm. But there's still that thing that's connected that makes them feel like they matter, that they're making an impact, that they are contributing, that they're appreciated, that they've got connections with their team and connection with you and connection with the clients, right? We are human beings. Salary benefits, that's like a baseline. So none of that stuff actually makes anyone happy. Mm. But if it's not there, people will not be happy, right? So it's almost like that's like that's like ground zero. If it's not there, people are in negative, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're thinking, for me, I care about like what is each individual person's zone of genius? Mm -hmm. What lights them up? How can we give them more of that? And how can we remove what's not that? right? So for me, job titles being the reason somebody gets put on a project or gets the next role or whatever doesn't work as well as going, who is the best person to do this piece of work? Because they are going to love it. And when we love something, we show up differently, right? Like we show up differently to do our zone of genius than we do to do our taxes, right? So we have to enable that in our teams as well. Mm -hmm. we need to be sure of that mm -hmm. and I think what happens at a certain level as as CEOs is we we get to that point where we're like why am I so unhappy mm -hmm. like, when was the last time you did something that you loved in your business and that's where like that kind of team conflict happens you're like well I've got this team and I was supposed to make life easier but now I spent all my life like dealing with team stuff you don't get to do the marketing right or the sales right or like the thing that excited you like we have to be able to put that back into that business and the only way we can do that is to get the team functioning mm -hmm. the best way to get the team functioning is to make them happy and by making them happy like I don't mean like sunshine rainbows yeah. you know it does sound a little like that but it is like how do we get them to have a positive work experience right because sounds so much research has been done around the impacts that and it's retention less sick days higher profits we have a massive project going on in the UK at the moment where I think it's mm -hmm. 70 companies mm -hmm. have signed up to four-day work weeks wow a massive like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. public trial mm -hmm. going on right because mm -hmm. people would rather have an extra day off than I think it was I think when they surveyed I think millennials would rather have a a day off than like an extra 5k or something or would rather be happy at work than have an extra 5k of salary yeah we have to actually be thinking about how happy is my team how can I bump that because this is what's going to follow right but it's all connected because you have to it all has to fit back into what is the business need right what does the team need and then how do I marry them yep it sounds like or something that I just pulled from that is that during the hiring process making sure that the person loves the work that they're like applying to do is important. Yes. We hire a lot for skill. Yeah. So what happens when, if someone's applying for a job, because, you know, like, I think there's a certain element of performance that comes up when we are hiring and interviewing and all that stuff, right? Like we know that you have to pretend. Oh, yeah. Talent, I'm not right? saying, I'm not saying like you hire somebody who's unqualified. Right, right, right. But I'm wondering, so what if you get in the, in the situation where you're like, oh, I don't think this person actually loves what they're doing. I mean, then, then you have to, it's the age old question, right? It's the yeah. same. So how that would have been phrased back in the day was like, I think this person's really qualified. But I don't think they're a great fit for the team. That's what you would have heard in the, 
interesting in, in, back yeah. in the day right yeah. and it's a similar question now where you go you have to then make that decision yeah what do I need most in this moment mm-hmm. what I will say is that for me that's a no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because what's gonna it's a short-term hire right so if it's a contractor not a problem yep. if it's an employee it's either a short-term it's going to be a problem in the near future or you need to have looked again we're going big picture like where are we going in the next six months 12 months oh we've got this role coming up this would be a great entry point with the idea to transition them there Mm -hmm. and then it's also testing for like do they have that future ability where do they want to grow but it is again taking that me centric this is what I need to run my business right now how quickly can I onboard this person view mm-hmm. and expanding it to be like what lights this person up mm-hmm. like what could they do in the future in my business mm-hmm. as well as values fit you know what do they bring to the team right. those sorts of questions but I think it's we tend to hire when we're desperate Ooh. which is why we hire for skills Ooh. <laughs> that's painful right I know it's some hard, yeah. it's some hard to, I'm not going to be popular I'm going to get like hate mail off the back no of this I think it's really liberating to hear this but like we tend to hire when we desperate and the one other thing I have not one I actually have a few but the one other thing I was going to ask about is that it's that same desperation vibe actually of when you really need the help that I feel like you offer in many ways and everything's going too fast to actually slow down and stop. It's like, I know I need this, but I can't right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think we're very attracted to buy this thing because it promises to add like 10K to my bottom line. But we, when somebody is talking to me, mm-hmm. they're either so busy that they can't even imagine having the time to talk to me, let alone the time to actually take action on what I'm going to point out because Mm -hmm. I am going to point out. (laughs) Um, Or they're in a, they're in some kind of crisis Mm moments, like the team's resigning Mm -hmm. they're I don't know, uh, COVID panic Mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. And again, this comes back to as that CEO, you have to be able to zoom out on your business And you have to be able to think more than three months down the line. You have to be thinking, well, I want to triple my revenue next year. What does that look like from a team perspective? Mm -hmm. What does that look like from a risk perspective? What does that look Mm -hmm. like from a marketing? You know, we tend to think I want to double my revenue. So I need to sell this many things, which means this is how much the price needs to be. We don't take that big picture view. And that's why we pay the consequences, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happens, the thing that frustrates me the most is we're like, oh, well, I got through that. Thank goodness. And then we do nothing. Right. Right. We don't learn from that mistake. Mm -hmm. We don't learn from hiring the person who just had the skills, but wasn't in love with the job. And then we're surprised that they've decided to go off and I don't know, open their own business, doing something completely different. Mm -hmm right? We don't learn from, hey, I didn't think through my last offer particularly well. Mm -hmm. So now I deal with the consequences. I have one of my systems friends talk to me about how she builds a funnel. Mm -hmm. And every time I build a funnel of my own, I message her and go, yeah, I didn't do it again. (laughs) And she really starts at the beginning. Whereas I start with like, what's the first thing? Oh, wait, now I need cover art for this private podcast. Okay. I've done cover art. Oh, wait, I need an episode to upload. Wait, I haven't named the thing. Right. 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 And that's kind of what people do with their whole business. Mm -hmm. They go, I've got this new offer. So I'm going to put it out there. Oh, wait, my systems can't support it. Oh, oh, quick. I better hire a tech person to help me over here. Oh, now I need some leads. Oh, wait, uh, let me hire a Facebook ads person. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly we we stop and we're in this spaghetti mess and you're kind of like tied up in the middle of it. And then we're wondering, like, how do I get out? And someone's going like, there's a lifeline. And you're like, well, I'm a little busy treading spaghetti here, right? You're just constantly firefighting mm-hmm. or dealing with the next thing. And you think next year, next quarter mm-hmm. and so on. And I think what we tend to turn to is like, let me just throw more people at it Mm -hmm. instead of going, 
what if I slowed down for a minute? Mm-hmm. What if I took a breath? Right? We all know, like in our personal lives, when something's going wrong, it's like, okay, I'm just going to take a deep breath. We don't take that like breath in our business. We don't actually go like, hang on, actually, I'm just tangling my feet more and more in this spaghetti of a mess that I have. Mm-hmm. Instead of just going, okay, hang on a second. And the bigger your business gets, the more that has to happen, right? In big businesses, a CEO's job is to be the face of the business. They are not dealing with any of the spaghetti. Mm-hmm. It only gets to them when like it's it's intense, right? And I know we're talking on a smaller scale, but if you are in that mess and you have a team, something is wrong. Something is wrong now. It's not going to get better. You actually, people are like, you have to spend money to make money. You have to spend time to make time. Mm. people are like get me a team I'm gonna have like a three-day week and I'm not gonna work Mm, no you just got yourself another whole day job of leading and managing your team you shouldn't have a day job and this is a this is staged obviously like not on day one right but that should be your goal with your team right is that you are the face of the business you do your zone of genius thing delivering to your clients Mm -hmm. and you don't have to get sucked into everything else if there's a team member in place. They can make decisions. Mm-hmm. They can work with each other. They can resolve conflict. They know how to communicate. They know what to tell you. They know when to tell you it so that you can do your thing. Mm-hmm. But you also have to let go. Business church. <laughs> there you go. Business church. Oh, Diane, this is such a good conversation. Thank you so, so, so much. Oh, no, thank you for allowing me to climb on my multitude of soapboxes. We're here for it. This was so good. (laughs) And there's so many nuggets in here. You have to spend time to make time. Like that's, that's a biggie. Thank you. We should get t-shirts with that. Seriously. Like, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And of course, just like your perspective, it's so helpful to hear it from you. And you always bring so much value to every conversation, every zoom call group call like all of the things you're just such an incredible person and thank you so much for sharing with us thank you for you thank you so much Erin thanks for pulling it all out in a slightly cohesive manner so cohesive (laughs) I love it hey it's Erin and I want you to know that you matter everything you're doing and everything you've done it all matters it all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.